Blog Talk Radio. Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Erica, and I'm really excited for tonight's show because I am here with one of the stars of the Heidi Chronicles, Bryce Pinkham. Bryce first appeared on Broadway in Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson and later took on the role of the devious Carl Bruner in Ghost. He most recently appeared as the singing serial murderer Monty Navarro in A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, for which he received a Tony nomination in the show One for Best Musical. You can currently find him playing the role of Peter Patrone opposite Jason Biggs and Elizabeth Moss in Broadway's The Heidi Chronicles. Bryce, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, so glad to have you. Now, you have the coolest name ever, and I wasn't sure, is this a stage <laughs> name or were you born with it? I was born with it, yes. Uh, the Pinkums uh, have been enduring jokes about... Uh, pink hams for their entire existence, but uh, we, we have uh, remained true to the original pronunciation, and Bryce, um, despite what some people think, uh, I was not named after the canyon, um, but uh, just a name that my parents really liked, so yeah, no, it's all it's all real, baby. Yeah, it's it, it's a stage name, so like, I mean, I think from birth you were destined um, to be in this field, <laughs> I really do. Um, and you just finished. You just finished a really great run in A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. You were nominated for Tony. The show won a Tony. Congratulations! That's huge. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was an incredible, um, incredible ride for us. You know, we we always knew the show was good. I think we were cautiously optimistic when we opened in uh, in the fall, um, knowing that you know musicals. It's a tough, tough road to make it all the way to Tony season if you open in the fall. And um, you know, there's so many so many factors that go into um, award season that are sort of out of your control, but it just kind of always kept going and kept getting better, and, and we found that the the show itself really carried enough audience with it that enough people told their friends that suddenly we were having sold-out houses. So it was, uh, it was a special ride for me and, and one I'll never forget. Do you prefer, I mean, it's it's like a dark comedy, but there's, there's a ton of comedic elements to it, which you were so great in. Do you do you thrive on that, or do you prefer a more serious, just a solid, serious performance? Like, where's your, like, sweet spot, your favorite role My to play? My sweet spot, I would say, like, is mischief. Like, mm-hmm. I like mischievous characters. I like a little, like, mischief on stage, whether it's coming from, you know, the actor or the character, I don't really know, but, uh, you know, Monty Navarro, obviously, is uh, chock full of mischief. And um, and even the character I'm playing now, uh, Peter Patron, is, uh, you know, he's a very sly, witty um, cynic in a lot of ways, but uh, he's a, I don't know, he's an entertainer. He's uh, He enjoys performing. Uh, his version of of things for people and reference referencing sort of obscure uh books and even like obscure hollywood movies in his jokes so there's like always always mischief uh it, it mischief is always attractive to me i'll put it that way were you a mischievous kid i don't know i, I guess i was pretty i was pretty well behaved but i was certainly mischievous just in you know my sort of 
approach to everything. You know, I, truth be told, I was a, I was an overachiever. I played a ton of different sports. I was, you know, trying to do my best in school and also perform as a hobby. So I, I was kind of doing did Boy Scouts. You know, I was kind of doing a lot of stuff. So I might have been mischievous inside it, but on the outside, I was pretty, uh, pretty um, straight laced. Hard working. Well, definitely. I mean, you went to BU undergrad. You you went you got your MFA from Yale. Um, I mean, clearly, definitely hard working. Um, you well, right now you're starring in the Heidi Chronicles. Um, it's mm-hmm. in previews right now. What's that transition been like from a musical to a play? Well, it's been uh, it's been surprisingly uh, difficult, but also I have to say easy as well. I mean, this part physically requires so much less than Gentleman's Guide did, you know, in that show I was pretty much always on stage and, uh, you know, had like three three secret sips of water that I got the entire night, whereas now wow. I, 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 leave, I leave the stage, you know, every time I'm finished with a scene and have uh, time to relax and slowly get into my next costume. There are no quick changes, um, you know, if I have something in my throat. I don't have to like come up with a. In Gentleman's Guide, I used to hide little like lozenges in my cheek because I was never off stage, so I had to sort of like get some, <laughs> you know, yeah. get some, some moisture. Uh, you know, you got to sing some. You got to have some some moisture in your throat. So, uh, so this is yeah, a lot something easier. We, in, nev- we don't in that think about regard. as an audience member, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's. Um, but I have to say yeah, that's that doing really grueling. <laughs> doing this. Um, this play has required a different um a different sort of skill set in terms of uh intellectual rigor and um certainly a different set of actor muscles um there's a lot of ideas being debated by characters in this play and there's a lot of language um that is used uh, in very strategic ways so it, it, it's um you know, in Gentleman's Guide, I also had a lot of language, but it was, you know, set to music, and, you know, once you sort of knew it, you knew it, whereas in this show, every night you're exploring how to use the thoughts to propel language to, you know, to affect um, one of many of my fabulous scene partners. So it's kind of a different uh, experience on stage, um, because you you really don't know how it's going to go every night, and that's equally as challenging and and exciting to to walk out into. So do you feel in a way then you you have a little more freedom in this play as opposed to the musical? Yeah, oh definitely. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because in a musical there's so many things that are depending on you to do at a certain moment, you know, light cues and the orchestra is following you and uh, there, there there are so many things that hinge on precision. Um as well they should. Uh, you know, that's one of the things about Gentleman's Guide. I think that I hope that was so delightful is that the show really felt kind of seamless and um, things happened so quickly and all of a sudden Jefferson returns to the stage in a different character and you sort of couldn't believe it. Like the the, the speed of the evening uh, kind of helped the comedy of it. And whereas at Heidi Chronicles the the sort of spaces in between the thoughts and even the language are, are really um, delicious and i think we're we're feeling an audience need to to breathe and and digest 
um, the ideas being floated every night such that, um, you know, the rhythms are different every night, and that keeps us on our toes. So, like I said, it's it's two very different things, equally as um, delightful to, to perform as an actor. I mean, i got to say, I really do feel like anyone who wants to contend with me for the luckiest act- actor on Broadway, like, I feel pretty confident <laughs> about, like, having, about uh, being the custodian of that title right now. Because, you're, feeling, you're feeling pretty grateful right now. Yeah, I mean, to mm-hmm. have gone from the the Tony-winning musical to hear a revival of a Pulitzer Prize-winning play, I mean, it's just I'm loving I'm loving life. Can't complain. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Tell us a little bit of what the show's about. Well, um, as as you might surmise from the title, the um, the show is about our main character Heidi, played by the delicious Elizabeth Moss. Um, and she is traveling through several decades, um, starting uh, in 1965 at a high school dance and finishing in 1989, which, when the play was written, the, um, the main character was finishing in the present day. So when it was originally performed, it, it was performed in 1989. Um, and, of course, now the entire play is you know, what we would call a period piece, um, but it feels oddly relevant as we watch the main character Heidi sort of and the chronicles of her um, growth as a as a young woman trying to find her identity in a world that is changing through the decades and she encounters um, a sort of second wave of feminism um, she encounters uh, she moves to New York and strives to become an art historian while also asking questions of, does she want to become a mother? Does she want to remain close friends with those people she grew up with? Um, My character, Peter Patron, is uh, sort of this best friend of hers that she finds out uh, is difficult to keep in her life without some real sacrifice and dedication. So the play for me is about um, that sort of enduring friendship, but overarchingly the play is about this woman trying to find out um, what identifies her? Is it a baby? Is it her work? Is it her friends? Is it living in New York? What is it? So it feels it feels very relevant, not only to the the women who come to see the show, but a- anyone who comes to see the show in New York, um, I think, can relate to the story. What is it about your character, Peter, that resonates the most with you personally? Well, like I said, um, you know, he is her her best friend, um, mm-hmm. and they meet in high school. At a at a high school dance, and they have this sort of like star-crossed um, interaction. He says with her, he says to her, "Our tragic paths were meant to cross." Um, so they have this sort of almost otherworldly um, interaction on the dance floor, or I should say, not on the dance floor. They're two wallflowers who run into each other and discover that they're soulmates. Um, and it's not until the 70s that Peter realizes that he is gay and sort of presents this uh, interesting moment in their friendship where Peter has always been the sort of the perfect um, backup plan, the sort of eventual husband for Heidi, and that, you know, that path is obviously uh, no longer possible once Peter feel, realizes uh, the truth about who he is. And so the two friends have to sort of decide how to, how to coexist moving forward and how to support each other and continue mm. to learn and grow. Uh, I think what's most appealing to me about doing this part is 
being in my early 30s now, um, I have friends from high school who I grew up in California, and uh, weirdly we all sort of moved to New York um, at, at different times. But I have a group of high school friends who are all in New York now, and you know, some are starting to have babies, get married, all that, all that stuff that naturally happens. Um, and I'm really interested in how to keep those friendships active and integral and vital to my existence because those are people that sort of knew me before before I was somebody that wanted you know that a radio show wanted to interview you know what I mean mm-hmm, those are really mm-hmm. important people to, to keep around you to, to to remind you of um where you came from and, and and who you are essentially so so I'm really interested in, in how Heidi and Peter uh go after that and what it makes people think about um those people in their lives What's the best advice you've ever been given? <laughs> well, I think my father early on, uh, I think one of my favorite complaints as a child was, that's not fair. <laughs> um, oh, you too? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. It, it's, uh, I know you're shocked, but um, yeah, I think that's not fair was often came out of my mouth as a, as a young uh, semi-privileged uh, boy, and uh, my father was always quick to say, life's not fair. Um, and, you know, so that's one I fall back on quite a bit when, when things don't don't feel exactly fair, uh, that, uh, you know, that's just sort of life, and you have to accept it um, if you're going to live it. And so so that my, my dad's voice is in my head uh, quite a bit. But in terms of... Um, of acting and you know approaching uh, the business of acting like a career I think some of the best advice I was ever given was from one of my teachers at Yale uh, Ron Van Lu who told our class that fear is just excitement without breath mm. such that Ooh. anytime that you find yourself fearful or you know another way you could term that is nervous um, that you might step back from that moment and and really take a look and and you might find that you're actually just excited you're just not breathing so um so I use that one backstage you know before I'm about to um go on stage if I if the if the butterflies show up as they usually do on on big nights opening nights oh, do they really yeah okay, preview, oh sure mm-hmm. yeah oh, sure and and that's and I take that now as a good thing you know if they if the butterflies don't show up that's when I start to worry, and I start to go, oh, I better, I better pay attention here. I better like re- reinvest in what I'm, what I'm about to go do because I, the butterfly should be there, and I think the the process of sort of learning how to do this for a living includes making friends with those butterflies and greeting them upon their arrival, uh, and well, you know, sort of welcoming them as a harbinger of good things to come. Um, you know, fear is just excitement without breath. So I, anytime I'm fearful, I try to take a deep breath and, and move forward. I love that, and that's a great quote. And I, I've never heard that one before, but I'm going to use that too for myself, if you don't Good. mind. Yeah. Oh, please, <laughs> I'm going to steal please. that and use that in my share. nervous moments. <laughs> so I have a really serious question for you. Okay, talk You have me. a great head of hair, probably the best <laughs> in Broadway. What's, oh your, my gosh. what's your hair routine? Please share. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, well, that's funny. Um, it's funny because my hair and I have had an off and on um, relationship. 
when I was when I was in high school, I, I really wanted nothing to do with it. I remember. Well, I'll take it back to middle school. I, I used to be I used to be sort of bleach blonde and straight straight bleached blonde hair. Not really? actually bleached. Oh, wow. Yeah, not actually bleached, uh-huh. but it was super blonde as a kid. And I remember going to my my mother's hairdresser um and having my haircut done there because I wanted a very specific you know, that that uh that early nineties bowl cut. Um, yep. <laughs> and I, want, I definitely wanted that, like, down the center part with the bull cut. And I remember her saying at the time, oh, you have great hair. Like, you, you're, there, are, there are women out there who would kill for your hair. Uh, again, remember, it was the early 90s. And uh, and I remember thinking, I don't care. Just put it in the bull cut and leave me alone or cut it all off. Like, I don't want to deal with it. So it's only been in the last, you know, decade that I've sort of made friends with uh, the 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 hairs that are on that are still on my head <laughs> um <laughs> and uh my routine i guess you know when you when you're on broadway you're kind of lucky because you have people around you who deal with uh deal with wigs and and hair for for a living who are very practiced at it so uh, my routine usually involves getting somebody to help me um get it ready to go on stage because it uh it, it can be pretty unruly as well um but uh, the truth is, lately I've been kind of doing less, uh, less washing and more sort of like letting the accumulation of product and, uh, you know, you run your hands through your hair, you put oil in it, um, sort of letting that accumulate um, over the week. Basically what I'm saying is I let it get dirty. Yeah. Okay. Dirty it up. Yeah. All right. Dirty so that's, it up, that's you know, the biggest tip. Don't the biggest wash your tip hair. Is just get dirty with it. Yeah, I mean it's like, uh, yeah. I think so, that might work so, better for curls than straight. I have straight hair, so I might need to talk to your people. <laughs> yeah, no, talk to find a find. Well, here's a secret. Hmm. The most important people in any theater are in the hair department, are in the hair and makeup department. They know everything. They have the power to make you look good, and they're the. That's the first people I go and make friends with is the the, the hair and makeup folks because they're uh, they're the epicenter of all that happens at the theater, um, and they're usually also really great people. So, um, so yeah, find a find a find a professional. That's my that's my advice. <laughs> Don't trust yourself. Find a professional. What's the wackiest piece of fan mail you've ever received? Oh boy, well. During Gentleman's Guide, I was receiving all sorts of flying pigs um, in the mail, some that people had made, some that people had drawn. Uh, so I had sort of a collection, <laughs> had sort of a collection going in my in my dressing room of, of flying pigs, because uh, of course Monty has this sort of uh, you know declaration in his first song that uh, he says, uh, "Who can deny now and then pigs can fly," which sort of became. Monty's, but also my own sort of personal <laughs> uh, label for Gentleman's Guide, just because it always felt like, wow, this is this is really happening. Like pigs are flying around in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always getting flying pigs in the dressing room. I have to say, though, I really enjoy um, getting letters from people, especially when they're um, especially when they're revealing how much the show meant to them. Uh, I had a a letter recently from a, a young person, a transgender uh, individual who had uh, sort of used some of Monty's uh, fictional struggles to kind of shed light on his own uh, personal growth 
um, in his life, and 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 that like really moved me in a profound way. To and and I actually keep it with me in my dressing room here to kind oh. of remind me that you 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 never know as an actor. Some here here's another secret. Some nights we we don't want to do our job. As crazy as that might sound, it's it does become work when you do it eight times a week. And there are some of nights course. you show up and you just don't want to do it, and that's part of the reason it's your job is because sometimes you have to do it and you have to figure out a way to do it on a day when you're having a really terrible day. Um, and so that letter and others like it are constant reminders that you never know who is out there that night and who is like really going to be affected by, by what you're doing um, and therefore deserves your 110% each night. And it's one of the best things about... Broadway is there's people coming from all over the country to see the shows and who have waited you know months until their their ticket was was ready to go or they saved up to get on the plane so it really feels like every night there's strong motivation to put whatever's going on in my personal life out of you know to sort of check that at the door and uh, do what I can for for that audience that night Uh, so I love fan mail what would you be doing if you weren't an actor if I wasn't an actor, um, well, I'd probably be doing something. Um, I'd probably be attached to some cause that I believe in. You know, I grew up. Uh, my parents uh, raised guide dog puppies in our house. We always had dogs running Aww. around the house, and um, yeah, they're always you know training a puppy for a year and a half and then giving it away, which was always a traumatic event. But, you know, my parents were very um, were very connected to the idea of serving others um, as a way to contribute to the sort of greater good, and that was one way that, that our family did it. So I, I don't know. I'd probably be connected to some, some cause, whether it would be, you know, the environment or um, – Gosh, guide dogs or or, or something, mm-hmm. something like have that. Have you had like, the chance to go to Broadway Barks? Yeah, I have. Yeah, oh, Broadway Barks. Mm-hmm. I love Broadway Barks. Um, that's a, such a great day when that when that invitation comes in. You you put it on your calendar right away because you don't want to miss it. Um, so yeah, so I'd probably be doing probably be working for a not for profit, um, which is basically what being an actor is anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not where you're at now, but i sure at the beginning it's a struggle for sure. Definitely, um, who's definitely. Your, who's your theater idol? Like who, you know, when you're in school, who have you strived to emulate? I have a few. Um, early on in my sort of uh, flirtation with physical comedy, um, I discovered Bill Irwin um, and his work, um, which really inspired me and, and helped me believe that there was a place for, uh, you know, kids like me who grew up sort of attaching their self-worth to athleticism and physical, you know, feats of sort of physical um, prowess. And uh, Bill's clown work uh, was so physical and yet so funny that I felt like, oh my gosh, that I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know that was a even a genre that existed. Um, and you know, so I got really, really interested in Bill and 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 all the stuff he's done, and uh, loved him in uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, uh, which he obviously won a Tony for. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's a big one. I would say, um, 
in recent years, Mark Rylance, I mean, how could you not love that guy? He's He just feels like he's conducting some sort of seance every time he's out on stage. <laughs> you know, you sort of feel like you're witnessing uh, communications from another world through through that man. Um, I, I mean, I think he can he can do anything, and and I I would I would do anything uh, to to work with him. So so he's he's up there. Um, and then in terms of other people, like I, I really I love actors that that have those careers that you sort of like you know who they are, and you always think they're good. But you, but you, you, you have a hard time remembering their name, or you don't. Their names aren't like in the tabloids. You know, I think of actors like Chris Cooper, um, mm-hmm. who I feel like he's always good, he's always fascinating to watch, but he's he's not obsessed with his own celebrity or his own like, you know, image. He's just always showing up in good films, doing good work. Uh, so you know, that's those are kind of like my three. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and uh, and he's just. All three of those um, men are, are very well respected by their peers, and uh, our peers mean so much to us in this business. And one of the things Peter Patron says to Heidi in the play, um, he says, uh, "In our lives, our friends are our families," um, and that that line really resonates with me, insofar as it uh, reflects, for me, what I believe to be true about the theater community, about in New York and, and elsewhere. Anytime you work with people. Um, on a show, something so vulnerable and intimate, you 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 form these really strong bonds, and I know that happens in other fields as well. But uh, for us, it, it it does feel different because you know we we go out there and look into each other's eyes every night and try to recreate honest human connection for a group of 900 strangers, and that can be terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. And and to uh, you know when the curtain goes down and we we look at each other and go, wow, we did that together. Um, that, that that's a really strong bond, and anyone who's done, you know, theater as a kid, or or you know, all the way up to 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 Broadway and and beyond, knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely. And on that note, it's almost time to go. But before okay. we do, I have a game that I play with all my guests called 60 Second Speed Through. I'm going to okay. rapid fire some questions, and you have 60 okay. seconds to get through as many as you can. Okay. Ready? Okay. Let's morning person or night owl. Night owl. Three things you can't live without. Coffee, um, coffee, and coffee. <laughs> New York City or L.A.? New York City. If you had a beta fish, what would you name him? Uh, Winston Churchill. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Fallon. If you're going to dinner at Jason Biggs, what would you bring? <laughs> uh, I would be, bring a big box of Kleenex because he's probably going to make me cry. <laughs> One word that sums up your experience so far at the Heidi Chronicles. Dreamy. One thing you tell your 15-year-old self. Keep going. Don't give up. Uh, stay true to yourself. That's 60 seconds. Good job. Wow. How did, how did I do? How did I do? You did 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> See? Uh, overachiever. Overachiever for sure. 11 out of 10. I'll even give you that. So fun talking to you. Thank you so much Thank for being you. on the show today. Oh, um, oh my pleasure. And, and thanks to all your listeners for uh, supporting Broadway. And, um, you know, theater theater is important no matter where it happens. So um, wherever you're doing it, wherever you're listen, listening, keep it up. Absolutely. Go see Heidi Chronicles. I'm going. 
in April, and it's on Broadway now, so get your tickets today. You can find out more about Bryce by visiting him on Twitter at PinkhamBryce. Thanks for tuning in to The Erica Finn Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Erica Finn. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next week. You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter.